0: If you look at what were the best practices like five years ago um they're actually anti patterns today right yeah so and and actually a lot of things turn out like that w- you know we we come up with this new way of doing things, this is a great idea, and uh it's good for now, and everyone starts doing it, and then we realize, oh like actually it's better slightly different way, or this was a really terrible idea, or other technology has changed, and so it that that is no longer valid. Um, so it really is better to look at those kinds of things like best practices. A lot of times, you know, should be looked at as like an evolving, they're an evolving process. They're not, it's not like this thing set and sewn where like you will be judged. Um, no matter what, you know, think about it. Have you ever, let me ask you, have you ever like written code and come back six months later and been like, yep, this is perfect. I nailed this.
1: (laughs) No, no, every, yeah, yeah, it's rare.
0: Hey, welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from books we're reading to the latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. Uh, I am Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is. Hey, I'm Al Utili. E. Hey. Uh, so before we dig into things, this episode is sponsored by PHP Architect. PHP Architect has been published continuously since 2002. The magazine is the only technical journal dedicated exclusively to the world of PHP. Uh, you can check out their website at phparc, that, uh, phparch. That's uh, They've got all kinds of cool stuff from you know the magazine itself, books, training, conferences. Uh, and i yeah i was even noticing uh last night they've got some nice swag too uh so yeah. if anyone is in the, is in you know has a need for like uh you know a php snifter for example for those who enjoy whiskey uh you know they check out their website it's got some cool stuff uh and you know more than that they they're doing a lot of stuff to um you Know to further knowledge and support the community, they've got you know, I think Allard and I are going to try to make it to a conference here in Washington fairly soon. Uh, but just a lot of cool stuff they're doing, a lot that's going on in the community. So, check it out,
1: yeah. And I think uh, tomorrow or wait, what is it, the first coming up in a couple of days, they'll have a new uh issue out. Awesome,
0: yeah. And I um, I actually just signed up for the print edition myself because. Um, oh yeah, th- yeah. Well, Mike, you know, and I've been getting, I've been actually vi- buying individual, um, uh, kind of. Uh, you, you can, if you don't want to do like a whole year subscription, you can just buy like the digital version in, uh, individually, for example, for a reasonable, reasonable price. And I've been doing that. Um, but I want to try not to, I, I always read before I go to bed and I guess it's not really healthy for oh, you yeah. to, uh, to, yeah, to have the light. So I, I went ahead and went for the paper edition, uh, the print edition, uh, cause I think that might be fun. So we'll
1: see. Yeah. The, um, also they have courses, uh, that was pretty cool training. So, you know, a lot of them were already at, so it'd be interesting to see if others, you know, find something here. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have advanced PHP and so forth. mm -hmm. In Drupal, Sugar CRM. Haven't seen that in forever. Yeah, I was surprised at all they have in there. Yeah.
0: All right, cool. Well, maybe we should just jump right into the news and the other happenings.
1: Um, Okay. Uh, So I have a a story here for MySQL 5.7. Basically, one of the big things out of there that uh, I found on Twitter was that they have some JSON uh, integration now where you can really interact with JSON data types. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Searching for elements inside. Postgres has had this for some time. Uh, and with Laravel, we can always kind of do some things to cast it that way. But I guess this will allow for queries built around the JSON that you're putting in there.
0: That's cool. So it probably is going to be more efficient too, I would I would imagine. Um, and what is something else I saw in there, right? Like, is there a, can you actually do like comparisons now um, in a way that you know, so you mentioned searching, but I think yeah. you can also do uh kind of comparison of two json yeah. uh strings yeah looks cool. like
1: a lot of that yeah, I mean we can definitely use that, yeah, now cool stuff um
0: uh one thing I wanted to bring up uh so there's an article on medium called the operating Model that is Eating the world um and this is really cool uh it's a, it's actually a pretty good article um I think it's written by i'm trying to find his name right now, but um I think it's written by a, uh, a person who does kind of work, works with kind of startups a lot and does is an investor, things like that. Um, but just kind of really cool stuff on how on how the world is changing and how how kind of the way that businesses operate are changing. Um, you know, and there's like to give an example of that. Um, you know, it used to be that, like I guess this kind of this kind of brings home the point. It used to be that. Um, you know in terms of products like the first to the game always had the upper hand so like you know if you if you it were innovating or you came up with something new um if you were the first to market uh, it, it was often the case that that you would that you would be successful and that you would have um an upper hand on competitors because you'd been doing it longer and uh for just a number of reasons honestly but because of changes in kind of both the technology but also just kind of like the way that we as uh, developers and companies at, that think in, in kind of a technical way uh, have been evolving, it actually kind of reversed that where it actually uh, is it's it's kind of turning it on its head. It, it's no longer um, a, a kind of an advantage per se to be first to market because the tools that are out there, a lot of the tools that we use and talk about are so good that, you know, you could you could pick any service out there and, and, you know, what they spent and what they put into building it four years ago or five years ago, um, you know, with, with modern tools and a lot of the ones we talk about, um, you could actually build that, you know, in, in most cases in a matter of months, right? Because they've already kind of set up a model for you. So to compete with them is quite easy um, or easier than it was. Uh, so just some really interesting stuff. I enjoyed that read.
1: Yeah, it's almost like uh, if something comes out, you could wait just a certain amount of time and then optimize it. Uh, it's easy to think, hey, w- there, there's no need to, to do this because it's already done. But in the end, it's like, it's done. Let them work out the kinks and get popular, but then optimize it. right right um what do you think of, it seems like medium uh is showing up everywhere what do you think of medium
0: uh it's you know i've been I, I guess a few articles has have crossed my uh you know path over the last you know like um couple months there's been stuff coming up a lot i actually really like their website i this yeah. article that i read they've got this cool feature where you can uh, Highlight. Yeah, yeah and i really like that it's
1: it's actually a lot of fun um yeah it's interesting it seems like uh we're definitely at this point. You're putting all your content into their uh, business.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I'm sure that like it's got to have some, you know. Think about it. If I was, if, you know, like Medium, I don't read that often, but there's a lot that I do. And if I if 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 I keep reading Medium, imagine if it was like my go-to news source every day, and they had they uh, they had me. Um, highlighting all these things, think about what that could do for advertising because yeah. they would know what I'm interested in and kind of what I focus on. And I, I'm sure that, you know, I mean, some of the tools that we build, we could leverage in these ways. Like if we had access to this kind of data, um, you could definitely make some some really... Um, informed uh, judgments about people uh, that I think would be useful in a number of contexts. So kind of cool, kind of creepy. Yeah. Well, I just
1: wonder if it's a, if it's going to, if it's a good place to start putting your material.
0: Yeah. It's just so convenient, you know, like, especially like, um, you know, for podcasts and stuff. Cause I mean, how, you know, or whatever, like if you want to come back and reference it, it's just really nice to be able to highlight right in the screen. And this isn't the only option. Like you there, I think there are plugins, yeah, uh, I remember another developer I worked with a while back had a plug-in where he could uh he could highlight anything and he, and in fact he could actually um get, so give you a link where you could go to the page and whatever yeah. he highlighted was highlighted. Yeah. Um,
1: no, I think that's all doable. It's just like do I blog on my site or do I blog on Medium? You got to kind of wonder. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, with the commenting and all that. That's true. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, um you can add these features, but uh, I would never blog solely on Medium just because in three years, they're going to either sell or become so full of ads, no one's going to want to read my content. That's true. So yeah. I, I just feel like it's another, you know, thing that uh, like everybody was really into Google Blogger for a while mm-hmm. or whatever it was called. And now, you know, yeah, uh, they just kill it off or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've always kind of been a fan of owning my yeah, content. Owning the content. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um all right so as we put our podcast on uh Simple FM. <laughs> so uh moving to the Phoenix server was another article part 1 and there's a part 2. Uh we're doing a lot right now to try and uh build out a workflow for AWS and so forth. And the Phoenix server pattern is is really I think just uh it's a, it's a common thought process and it's just interesting to read this article on it. Um you know and how we can hopefully use it. Uh, to build uh, images that can be easily deployed on AWS, and most importantly, easily built using Packer locally, so you can locally work on the same uh, infrastructure that you're deploying.
0: Yeah. And so for those of you who haven't heard of it, the Phoenix server pattern, the idea there is that uh, your production servers are immutable, so they don't change. And... um, you know, as part of your development workflow and continuous integration, you would essentially have a, a base or, you know, it depends on what, um, you know, what technologies you're using. But you would have a kind of like a base image um, that whenever you're making updates, uh, you make updates, you know, you basically boot that up, make any security updates you need to get the, the application yeah. all set up, get the testing done in a non-production environment. And then kind of, and then swap that out into a production environment. And of course, this scales to you know even if you have lots of servers in production environments. Um, yeah. And the problem this solves is that you know in this particular art- article, which is a ThoughtWorks article, they ha- they were working with um, a client that had kind of <laughs> le- legacy servers, and you know yeah. over the years the they thing. yeah they, they get kind of like uh, they call them snowflake servers where they they become. Uh, different you know like they've diverged from one another and and and, you know and then you're you're spending lots and lots of time troubleshooting issues because things aren't the same and they've been treated you know and it gets gets really nasty you can't even
1: deploy it if it if it dies or something yeah uh, because you just have 20 cron jobs or something that you just you forgot about right uh, particular uh, stuff on that server like a binary so Yeah. yeah
0: yeah one thing i wasn't i was a little i guess i had more questions about than anything else is uh, the need to really deploy a new server on every uh, bill, like every build, yeah. uh, I would say, I could see doing yeah. it anytime there was a server level update. But yeah, uh, no,
1: it's a really good point. It's like you could easily say because Packer is a config file, and you can easily, if config file change, then rebuild. Right. But there's also the advantage too, a rebuild means that you're getting any security updates that you weren't paying attention to.
0: Yeah, I guess um, that's true the but the, the the thing is it just takes a long time to build like imagine if yeah imagine yeah. imagine if we because they're doing it also for their you know they do it for t- production, you do it for dev and stage as well yeah so and you're yeah. talking like minimally five or six minute build times then in addition yeah. to whatever else you do, so if you have five or six minutes worth of tests, yeah, you're talking 10 minutes to get your build out that's a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we could look at that and say, like, only if it's changed. Right. Um, so uh, it's interesting, though, because there is the, the fear of security updates. I mean, Linux 4.0, whatever kernel, you don't even need to reboot anymore. But um, the latest build that you build might not have the security updates. Um, so I, I don't know. It's interesting. I definitely think you're right, though. We could optimize that and think about that. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a config file that that Packer library. I, I really want to get into that. Yeah, I got to take a look at that. So that you can say if it's changed, then do a build. If not, leave alone. Cool. So, all right.
0: Another thing. Um, so I I brought up an an article like this. I don't know, a month or two ago. Uh, but it's just something oh, that yeah. keeps. Pl- Popping up on our radar. This is a different article. It's a New York Times article, but it's it's called um, Udacity says it can teach to millions and fast. Uh, And it's it's another cool article about kind of like things are really hot in our industry right now. There's a huge demand for developers, but also just kind of like not you know developers, yes, but also just kind of like technical savvy people. Um, And so this is this is kind of another thing where there's this company has come up with. you know, with, with basically a university, uh, called Udacity. And it's, you know, it, when I first heard that, I was like, ah, oh, man, like there's so many, you, you know, there's so many of these people that like are, that claim to be teaching and doing all this stuff and, um, which some of them yeah. are really useful. I've, I've looked and used them, but this caught my eye as being very different. Um, this, so they, they already have about 10,000 people enrolled. They've been around for about a year. Yeah. Uh, it costs around $200 a month to be enrolled. um, the cool part, or one of the cool parts, is when you finish your degree. So you work towards a degree, uh, which they call a nano degree. And when you when you finish this nano degree, they yeah. have they have agreements with big companies like AT and T and Google, mm-hmm. and and so there's there's placement programs for you. I don't know. If, yeah. I don't think it's guaranteed you get a job, but there are, there are some. You know, there's some place, there's some relationship there where you can get placed. um, And if you finish and you get the degree, they give you half of your money back. Um, So, so it's kind of like an incentive to actually finish, because I guess, yeah, I guess the guy who created this found that, you know, he he had created another solution early on. I forget what it was, but it's one we've heard of. Um, And it like the problem was is that no no one, um, no one finished. Like a lot of people would start and just not finish. You know. Um, and so he's trying to figure out a way to get people to finish, which I think is, you know, Hey, I would be to get half my money, you know, he says, it takes like three months or so. So Hmm. to get, you know, to get $300 back, if you finish, I mean, you know, cool. Yeah.
1: No, I was looking at some of the courses. Um, it it does look interesting and, uh, he had some, um, background in AI and stuff too. So it's, uh, it's, it's a cool thought that, you know, the educational system right now is so set in a certain way that's from ancient times that if we use what we know now of, of human nature and so forth, how can we optimize it right and then optimize it for the particular you know conditions of um, yeah. of the economy right. I mean I know a couple of people who would love to get into coding but they just don't have time or how do you get them in there quickly and, right and this is really tempting no i'm in the same
0: I'm in the same boat i mean I have, I have some friends that are like really yeah. smart people they just happen to be in some other field that's not doing as well right now you know
1: and they don't have time to or know where to even start
0: yeah well and if you especially for folks who have like families and obligations it's not it's not like we're 18 anymore and can just kind of like yeah eat ramen and uh, not worry about it for a few months (laughs) Uh, yeah i wouldn't do it now but uh, yeah uh, (laughs) even if you're 18 (laughs) yeah
1: yeah that looks really good i'm gonna i'm actually looking they had some kind of course on uh something i've been interested in, security uh so i'm gonna look at that that's cool uh, is QA dead? Uh, another ThoughtWorks article because we don't work for them, and uh, and just a thought about how you know the the balance between QA automation and QA human exploration, and and how the two need to be put together to make a really good uh, process for for QA and quality yeah. you know quality assurance. Right.
0: Yeah. A couple of really good points here. I mean, one one being that like you know, automation is, it's just not, I mean, I guess this is probably a known, but like, it's just, it's just not possible to cover everything with automation. So you need that Uh, kind of exploratory check. Um, you know, but there are there are other kind of, like, ways that I think, well, one of the things that is interesting to me is, like, the different ways that you can look at QA as a job, right? Like, um, yep. Yep. a quality analyst, a quality assurer, a quality ambassador, <clears throat> you know, and those play different roles in the team, so. Yeah. Um, cool we're, stuff.
1: Yeah, we're, you know, once we find that QA person, we'll definitely reference this. Yeah. Oh, um, this is one of yours.
0: Yeah yeah the repository trap and other ramblings um so this was just a little this is a refreshing um uh video but jeffrey way just kind of like um uh, kind of really just rambling about things, but it's 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 pretty good uh just kind of like the repository trap you know Simplifying. Kind, of, kind of like you know fighting the mindset of yeah. like you've got to do something for the sake of doing something because you read about it or because you heard about it or because others are going to judge you if you don't yeah. do it uh and yeah. instead you know um taking these kind of rules or thinking as kind of, as a tool in a toolkit that you only use when you need to uh you know so uh, yeah. it, you know, we'll be talking about that in just a second oh, here. Yeah, uh, you know, a little more. Uh, but I just wanted to put it up here because I it came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but it's it's pretty good. I actually think that a lot of folks in the Laravel community who are who have a crowd or who you know who basically have influence are um, kind of putting on this fight. I think in an interesting yeah. way. It's I think it sort of started with kind of they're trying to simplify and they've been getting a lot of flack on Twitter oh, about ridiculous. it, like a huge flame war. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm happy to see these guys kind of stand up and talk about it. Um, yeah. you know, I think there is a place for all these things. Um, but you can you can definitely take yourself too seriously, and and it compromises, not just like projects, but also like you know, we code because it's fun. I mean, most of us, right? I, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so it's not fun when when um when you have to deal with when you have to deal with that. You're trying to do the best you can, and you got someone on Twitter telling mm. you you shouldn't be developing or whatever, like, ah, uh, you know, just anyway.
1: So a cool, cool video there. Yeah, totally. It, it's, you know, and just good reminder. We're going to go into more detail in a moment.
0: Yeah. Um, so latest readings, I, I've been doing my typical, uh, <laughs> my typical amount of reading. Uh, what have you been up to Al?
1: So, uh, I been working on a book, uh, scripting with AWS because we were trying to work out these issues. So that's just been something I've been working on to, Uh, see how this person used Bash to uh, script out everything on AWS from VPCs to RDSs to AMIs uh, and converting those to PHP. Um, But more importantly, just getting a sense of what it really means to create a secure environment on AWS. Um, Like one bad thing we tend to do is use one VPS for all our apps, um, but basically that's not secure because if one app gets hacked, you have a gateway to every single application. So this book takes it further, and I'm trying to learn how he's doing it, and take what I can from it to make PHP-based scripts out of. Um, So that's one. And then Agile Estimating Planning, still working on that, how uh, they're adding buffers to team-based projects where one team's relying on another team to deliver something and how to deal with dependency of deliverables. Hmm. Uh, So that was a good chapter. Uh, and that one's going into a new chapter that I don't think, um, I I've started yet. So hey,
0: quick question there. I don't know if they've talked about it in the book yet, but are they, uh, do you know if they have, or if they plan to talk about like when your team shares team members with another team?
1: Yeah, I mean, just how to basically, uh, like, you mean, like, like well, how like, do, uh, like, my,
0: you know, let's say I'm on a team of four people, yeah. but we've got a we got a fifth guy
1: who's like yeah.
0: only with us a day yeah. a week or something. Yeah, they like talk that, you know. about that. That's
1: okay. that. You, those are tricks and things you can do to consider them in your overall planning, um, in in measurement of of potential velocity. Mm-hmm. So they they do all that, including how to consider points relative to that person's view of points. Uh, and uh, yeah, they cover all of that. And the latest chapter is actually now, now I think about it's how to stay on how to, and this is why we're, I'm glad to have a scrum master coming on board is how to monitor progress. Like you've quoted all this stuff out, you started the project, but where are you? And, uh, you know, and they related to a boat where you might know, uh, in ancient, like not too, long, I don't know how long ago, but a boat, it's easy to know, like, Hey, I'm going north or south, but how far west and east am I drifting off? And mm-hmm. it's the same idea here of like how to figure out, are we drifting? And, and what are the things that make us drift? Right. Uh, like, Hey, I finished 40 points of, of, of uh, the work, but guess what? They changed and added 40 points more work because they removed a feature. Right. So it's all these things that you know help to understand the where you're at in the, in the process. So that's the that's the chapter I'm working on now. Nice. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's it's not fun, uh, exciting stuff, but it's good because it's um, it helps uh, to hopefully create that same space we need to code. Right. You know. So. Yeah, that's key. All right, Q and A. Uh, Jeffrey Way spoke at Laracon. Uh, you went to that one?
0: Yep, I saw the U.S. the U.S. version of that, yeah, uh, which actually wasn't recorded, but he did the same exact talk um, in Europe at Amsterdam, uh-huh. and so that's the one that's recorded. Oh. Um, but it's the same; it's essentially the same thing. Um, and so we'll post the link to that.
1: Yeah, the uh in in you know this podcast is uh, not just Laravel. Uh, so there's a lot to gain here uh that isn't Laravel centric. Um, right. So And it's interesting because he titles he titles the the video Things Laravel Made
0: Me Believe. Right. Um but actually a- almost everything in it doesn't apply specifically to Laravel. You, whether you're a Java programmer or any you know whatever C++ is your thing, like I think you would get something out of this because this is really more about um a perspective and work ethic yeah. uh, and a way of thinking about your craft as opposed to anything specific to Laravel. I mean, he uses a couple of Laravel examples here and there, but, um, but yeah, I think it could be applied to almost anything.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now his first focus is care and he goes over three topics, uh, care being the first one. And he just goes over the idea of like, if you look throughout the code, uh, you'll see a lot of care to details. And he quotes Pixar uh, when the Pixar quotes like, you know, remember to sand under the, the drawer. And so, you know, it's that much care that you're actually doing things in places people might never look. Right. Um, so and he, and he finds an old quote from Taylor looking in uh, one of the, I think, Reddit or somewhere, quote, you know, asking for help or asking for someone's thoughts on is he, is he spending too much time thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's really good and that and that's a really good example because there was I think a lot of people responded to that Reddit thread with yeah, kind of it, like you're wasting your time. Yeah. Like, you know, but um, obviously he wasn't. I yeah, mean, it's Well, so, and you know, and if you look at the code base and you look at what Laravel's become, um that's I mean, I think, you know, the that's the reason why Laravel has become uh so popular is because it is so accessible and easy to use for yeah. uh developers who are fo- who who are focusing on um getting things done really um you know and yeah. i think one important point is that um you know it's not um you know with that with, with that care and with that kind of simplicity which we'll talk about a little bit more cuz I, I think it, another one of his big points was or you know his second point is simplicity um, but with that it comes kind of um, you know if you're careful that makes the second part better right so so if, yeah. if if you if you you know i think i think he said i think to quote um, i think it was it was jeffrey in the was what, what's unimportant is paramount Right. Um, and so it's kind of like the small things that make a big difference. And, and, you know, how does that translate into, uh, you know, specifically with the Laravel project that being successful? Well, you know, if things are well documented, if things are, are, if, if you give such care to like yeah. just the simplest things like naming conventions, um, you know, and, you know, he gives an example in the video hmm. actually of like how they go be- like a back and forth between he, he and Taylor, Uh, In terms of like naming a product and a feature that ultimately, you know, uh, made it into Laravel and what that process was like and what the different iterations of the name were and essentially how it was branded from the beginning of the process, Um, you know, and – you know, and and so you know you have that kind of like high level thinking of like the branding and that kind of overview thinking, but then you also have this carefulness on the detail level. Like I don't know if you've ever, well, I know you have, Al, but yeah. if anyone's ever gone cashier. In, in cashier or you know, it's just so so fluent, so easy to use, or even more minute than that. Um, just check out um check out the commenting right. Um, oh, the three letter Yeah, like name. you'll notice that there's that, was all, that, that every comment line always you know the 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 first the second line of comments always is three let three characters shorter than the preceding line um and it looks beautiful uh and it's that kind of little stuff where where, um the
1: third line is three less than the second
0: exactly so so it really looks incredibly balanced um and it's funny because I think a lot of developers or some folks would say, like, that's a waste of time, like, comments and come, <laughs> you know, or you don't even need a comment or whatever, which is another another story. But, um, you know, it's that kind of – it's that thinking. You know, if they're paying attention to the little details there, imagine what they're paying attention yeah. to everywhere else. Um, yeah, it's it, a good point. You know, it's just kind of like if you – you know, it's the same thing of, like, uh, if you walk into the bathroom at a restaurant and it's completely destroyed uh, – it's probably destroyed in the kitchen too, and just as dirty and nasty. Uh, I've worked yeah. in many restaurants, actually, so I can tell yeah. you I can tell you that is very true. Yeah. Um, and I think that's I think you know that's true here too.
1: It was interesting how they worked through their code by um, reading it. Like they would make it readable before they wrote the code. Right. Uh, like the process of writing Elixir was more about writing how the person would interact with it. Right, yeah. and they would interact with it in a way that was it, it would make grammatical sense. Right. Uh, and then write the code to back up that type of user interaction. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, the next point was simplicity, which you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and, again, we see that everywhere as facades, which some people will say are, are not great, but they make it really simple to interact with queues uh, in file system and um, other things, like the route. Uh, so we just see it pays off. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing to point out here is, uh, so simple is really hard. Um, yeah, and, yep. and and, and yep. don't confuse you know like don't confuse simple with basic or easy. Sometimes the simplest and kind of most elegant solution to a problem is actually pretty the complicated. Harder. Yeah. Um, but the point is, is that you've done your best to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. So. And and writing simple code is extremely difficult.
1: Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so and the, the other thing you said that I really liked was, you know, um, make user happiness your top priority, not adherence yeah. to
1: a design pattern. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. And again, just writing maybe how am I going to interact with this. And, and in our case, uh, the user might be you because you're the developer coming back in six months to this application. Right. So how do you want to use this thing and how do you want to come back and read it later on? Right. Yeah, for sure.
0: And um you know, I think yeah, th- there's no doubt. There's no doubt that that's that's important and I think that kind of carries over a bit into um you know, his third his third kind of uh point which is distrust. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, and and so I think, you know,
1: um and what was that just distrusting the latest and greatest? Well,
0: yeah, I think so. It's kind of like and it's not like distrust like it's almost like a healthy skepticism, right? Yeah. Like um j- you know, and this kind of plays into what we were talking about last uh episode with kind of like the diet ads or oh, the f- yeah. the fads, That's right? Um you know everything, you know, everything that is kind of a rule is not really a rule. If you think like one of the interesting things he brought up in this um in this was how Almost if you look at even something like CSS right, if you yeah. look at what were the best practices like five years ago um, they 're actually anti patterns today yeah. right so yeah. and, and actually a lot of things turn out like that w- you know we, we come up with this new way of doing thing this is a great idea, and uh, it 's good for now, and everyone starts doing it and then we realize oh like actually it 's better slightly different way, or this was a really terrible idea or Other technology has changed, and so that that is no longer valid. Um, So it really is better to look at those kinds of things, like best practices. A lot of times, you know, should be looked at as like an evolving. They're an evolving process. They're not. It's not like this thing set and sewn where like you will be judged. Um, no matter what, you know, think about it. Have you ever, let me ask you, have you ever like written code and come back six months later and been like, yep, this is perfect. I nailed this. <laughs>
1: no, no. Every, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every six months you you just, yeah, it's rare. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and I, and, you know, and I think that's what goes along with it is like, you know, um, he has a really good quote. Let me see if I can find it. Um, let's see here. Uh, I really enjoy. Yeah. So he says the only truly dangerous thing is our ability to be disgracefully overconfident about things to which we barely understand. Right. And so the the fact of the matter is is that as developers, it's impossible for us to know everything. But for some reason, you know, a lot of people, and I think everyone has this kind of tendency. Sometimes, you when you're with other developers or you're kind of out in public, Mm, so to speak, there's this. yeah. Yeah. There's this tendency to like know every you know, like, of course, of course, I've heard about all this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 it's so you know it's dangerous. It's it's dangerous and disgraceful to be kind of overconfident about things that we barely understand.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a good example with yeah. the uh, in the video with the party. Right. Transmutable databases.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Transmutable. Right? Um. So yeah, I mean this is you know most most you know a lot of people have the imposter syndrome right where yeah. um oh, yeah. and even when you've been doing this for like 5 or 8 years, you know, you'll get on a new team or what, like you know, you know, you'll you'll be asked to do something that you've not you've not done before and honestly it happens all the time. I mean in our day-to-day work, there's hardly a day where I'm not working on something that I've that I've you know need to like look up and and see what what this tool is all about or what is the best tool for this. So it's it's really um, it's it's you know I feel like you it's not good actually to be working on a project where you always know you know what to do and what what's happening next. You know, um, we're constant learners. That's what we should be doing. Um, so yeah. yeah. Um, yes. And yeah. th- anything else? Well, yeah, one thing I actually wanted to ask you about, and I, <clears throat> I didn't get a chance to ask uh, uh, Jeffrey about this. The, um, <laughs> Bao and I actually uh, went searching for him after his presentation, but I, I, we just couldn't find him because um, I wanted to ask him about this. Like, so to me, it's interesting. There's a couple things, right? So the first question for you is, like, what's the right balance, right? So Because being careful and keeping things simple takes time um yeah you know and so you know how do you balance that with like we need to get stuff done right and so i guess another way to word it is like how do you deal with like the company time versus your own time right like there's a difference between uh you know there's a i mean there's lots of different like there's a difference between an open source project that you just work on in your spare time right um versus like your company um but then there's also like you know if you're a freelancer a contractor, like, you know, there's also a difference between some contractor that just like, you know, is a big business that hires you, uh, to, to work for a year or more. And then, you, you know, there are local businesses that'll hire you too. And they're, you know, they don't have deep pockets and, and it's not, you know, so like finding that balance of like, where do you, um, you know, how careful and how simple do you try to make things in a given yeah. context? So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. I mean, you got to you got to meet the the goals of the project. Uh so it is difficult. Um you know, I I think it you know, like you said if it's if it's if it's for the boss or whatever, you got to be careful about how obsessed you get. Um and and you know, to me it means overall just you know, looking at it and being like, can I come back to this in 6 months and really understand what I was doing here right. and, and use it still or the next developer. Right. I mean, if you can get to that point, I think you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like everybody's been saying, don't try to over optimize. Wait till about the third time you're doing the same thing and see if that point you can, uh, uh, abstract it out to, you know, these different patterns. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think the other thing that helps us, at least, is you know because we we don't have all the time in the world. We definitely you know we have to, yeah. we have to deliver. Uh, yeah. So so I think what helps there as well, and we don't. It's not perfect yet. I think we we have a way. You know, we have plenty of perfecting that I'm sure we can do. Yeah. Um, but I think what's helpful is the code review as well. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. because we can look at things, and and often, often a lot of the critique is around. It's not so much like someone coded something wrong or had a bad strategy. It's more yeah. along the lines of like this. You know, this thing that you know, this property that you put on this object is not. You know, like it's not named correctly. Like it's it's not it's not clear from just glancing at it what it is, yeah. uh, or so that type of stuff.
1: If statement that I don't want to. You know, that doesn't make sense. For example, right without knowing the details of the of the context. Yeah. Yeah. Um things like that. I mean um so yeah, it, it it's true though. It is hard. I yeah. mean it, you know, you're on the dime. Um so how far to take it. Right. And so one of
0: the things I wanted to ask him and I'm curious if you have yeah. a comment on this as well. So first of all, he at the beginning um he kind of laid out like uh, I guess it's like seven bullet points, point, six or seven bullet points of like things I believe, right? So here so here yeah. they are. Uh one is what's unimportant is paramount. Right. Two is simpler always mm-hmm. wins mm-hmm. three is api over purity Th- uh, the next one is be honest about scope focus on the fundamentals and then the last one is just build things right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so what's interesting to me is kind of this idea like there's this dichotomy between the first two and the last one like um what's what important what's unimportant is paramount uh, and simpler always wins um and just kind of like the concept of like keep things simple, keep things clean, focus on care and clarity, right? Versus like just build things, right? And this is what this is what I, um, I battle myself over this <laughs> a lot, right? Because like, how can you do that? How can you like? It's basically like you know saying that and then say just build things though, like you know, yeah. Get like get it get get your product out there. So it's like that. So because because we're also yeah. taught there, you know, Jeffrey and uh, kind of like. I would say modern teams in general definitely embrace the idea that you want to get your product to market quickly and it doesn't need to be perfect. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. and so, you know, to me, I'm always fighting this balance of like, okay, I'm supposed to just build things, but I'm also supposed to be careful and keep things simple and be very clear, which is, takes time, you know, and it's like, and kind yeah. of, you know, I don't yeah. know.
1: Thoughts? No, so, I mean, it's a, it's uh it is a funny balance. Um, you know, you have to have enough sense of the domain to move forward. Uh, and, and, you know, and therefore, you know, because we've talked about this before, like if you start off with a bad data model, you're just going to endlessly be making up for it, right? Yeah. But on the same, you know, but at some point you just got to code. And in coding, um, you know, it's inside of that moment that you'll have the, the creativity you need to make the next moment. And, and it's 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 just... It's hard to explain, but it's like, um, uh, it's just, you know, you can't figure it all out. You know, sometimes it has to, you're in the midst of figuring it out as you figure it out. Right. And so and it's it's just those moments, you know, uh, I think, um, it, it, I used to do art in college mostly cause it didn't need a foreign language if you took that major, but, uh, it's the same thing. It's like, here's a blank canvas. What do I want? Well, I don't figure it all out, you know? Right. It's like you get a sense of what you want and move forward, knowing that as you move forward, you you create. Yeah. So we're we're software writers, right? (laughs) Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, that's funny.
1: Yeah. So and it's it's but it's it's tough. Like we're saying, it's like I don't want to make a bad data model, you know. Right. So.
0: Well, this has been good. Anything else, Al?
1: No, uh, it, it was a good, even if you're not into Laravel, it's a good, um, it's a good video. It's not going to leave you thinking, oh, this was too much about Laravel. Yeah. So, and he's a great talker. Uh, lots of Star Trek references. I felt bad for you, but someday you'll get it. (laughs) So, yeah. All Um, right. Well,
0: I think that's it then. Um, any, cool. any parting words?
1: I mean, just keep uh, giving us ratings. Uh, we got a couple on uh, iTunes. I hear, you know, pressing stars is great, but if you can also just say, you know, uh, comment, it boost it, it like 100 times. So, you know, please take a moment and do that. Uh, and otherwise, you know, keep an eye out. PHPR coming out in a couple of days. Yeah, and thanks again to our sponsor, PHP Architect. We'll see you next time. Thank you all.